Welcome to missionalmoney.com, where you create a compelling financial plan to visualize, track, and achieve your goals. Now, here's certified financial planner and coach, Jim Munchback, to help you gain more clarity, confidence, and contentment in your financial life. Hi, welcome to another episode. I'm Jim Munchback, and I'm posting this episode on the Missional Money Podcast as well as the Salty Advisor Podcast. And you can check those out in iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are played. But I'm also posting to my YouTube channel. I hope you'll check it out at Jim Munchback. Munchback has an H on the end. So check it out. It's a new YouTube channel. We only have a couple of subscribers. You could be subscriber number five. (laughs) So hit the little bell and I'll give you a notification when we post new content. Uh, In today's episode, we're going to be sharing some tips, tools, and strategies for Christian missionaries who need a better approach to asking for 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 donations. So asking for donations is obviously a very essential skill for anyone trying to build support for a ministry. And it doesn't have to be all that challenging, although if you're like me, you've experienced some pretty grueling attempts by Christian missionaries to uh, ask you for money. And so that's what I, I had a conversation this week with a dear sister in the neighborhood, uh, a ministry partner, you could say, and I was just trying to give her a little help. She was asking, she needed a little help, I guess you could say. And she asked for, uh, you know, she was open to a little coaching along as I went for my walk. And so I wanted to help. So I put this post together and did a little research. uh, And I came up with some really helpful tools and tips and strategies for anyone who's in the business or the ministry of asking for donations. So as a a follower of Christ myself, as a person who's engaged in a community of Christians, uh, and someone who has, at least people think I have a lot of resources because I, I own a company that provides investment management and financial planning, and I have a motorhome and an RV trailer and a lot of stuff, and so. People ask me for money a lot, and that may happen to you too. If you're a financial professional, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a wealthy person, uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's like you feel like a target. You're always being asked for donations, and um, rarely, or at least I should say not often, not all the time, do the requests for donations come with a pretty compelling uh, call to action. Now, if you're like me, you want to support ministries that are making a difference, and you want to support ministers who you like and who are who need help. And so, I'm always looking for opportunities to invest in the kingdom. And so, I'm I'm assuming that that may be true for you too. If you're a listener to the Missional Money Podcast or the Salty Advisor Podcast, you know what I'm talking about. I'm all about helping people connect their financial decisions 
to their own vision and their own values and really their own clear sense of purpose. That's how I do financial planning. And so it just made sense to me to kind of take a break here and do an episode on asking for donations. So I got a couple of experts, Vincent Powell. Vincent Powell is a, an entrepreneur, a successful fundraiser who's dedicated years of his life to supporting missionaries and organizations that serve the church. So he's got some interesting things to say, I think. He's, and he says it, he says what he says in a very interesting way. As you can see, the video that's playing as I'm talking is the video that I'm posting in this episode. Uh, so check it out. You can go to the show notes and you can click on the post uh, on the website where you will see the entire video and have links that go to Vincent if you want to learn more and learn more from him uh, about his insights and his tools and his assistance in asking for donations. So Vincent Powell is someone who is gifted in fundraising, uh, GoFundMe, things like that, crowdsourcing. Uh, Vincent has some interesting things to say, some helpful things to say, and so I wanted to feature him in this episode about asking for donations. So if you're a Christian missionary and you've not done any research, I've done I've done maybe an hour's worth of research to put this episode together, and I would encourage you to spend an hour just kind of taking advantage of the resources that we're putting out there to help you think about maybe a new way uh, to approach asking for donations. It's, a, it's, a, it's an essential element, essential skill if you want to be successful, not just in your ministry, but for your ministry. So that's why I'm doing this episode. I want to share this next guy, Mr. B, who's uh, really interesting in the way he communicates in a video. And so you're, you're going to want to watch his video just because it's an amazing talent that he has in creating videos. So check it out. You can see as I'm talking what I mean by the, the way that he's edited his videos just makes it something you want to watch, right? It's more fun to watch than me talking, which is why I've got him playing in the video. <laughs> it's one of the reasons. Anyway, he has some interesting things to say. It made me think when I watched his video, Mr. B, made me think about my own story in terms of asking for donations. And so... Um, I, I saw this one video. I'm going to include it in the post as well. Again, just go to the show notes in the uh, podcast. If you're listening, you're not seeing this video, even though I am making a video that's being posted on YouTube in our podcast. So again, if you go to my channel at Jim Munchback, Munchback has an H on the end, you'll see the podcast playlist and you can see all of the videos that go along with this podcast. But if you're listening, you're just getting the audio version and you're just hearing my voice and I'm talking about and describing what is in those videos. But if you go to the post on the website, which there will be a link in the show notes in the podcast. So if you're like me, you listen to a podcast in iTunes on your iPhone. And then when you listen to the podcast, if it's interesting, I want to learn more. I want to get whatever they're offering in the podcast episode. And so to do that for you, I've made it really easy. Just open your podcast player. If it's iTunes, it's super easy. And most of them, I think it works exactly the same, whether you're in Spotify or um, 
Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are played. Just open up your app and go to show notes and you'll see a link in this episode that will take you right to the post. And the post has all of the resources, including this video of me uh, creating this episode, this podcast episode for the audio version. So that's my kind of commercial. I'm not yet asking for a donation, but I will get to that as we launch the podcast and build the YouTube channel. I will be asking you, I won't just be asking you for money. I'll be asking you to consider working with me to build your own financial plan. And I have a tremendous value proposition to do that, whether you're a financial professional who's looking to build your business and want to learn some skills that can help you take your business to the next level as a financial planning professional, financial advisor. If that's you, the Salty Advisor podcast is for you. But if you're an investor, if you're just a, a person preparing to retire, trying to make wise choices with your money, then you're going to want to subscribe to the Missional Money podcast, Missional Money podcast. Again, I'm just setting this up on and YouTube, it's kind of a new platform. The podcast component is a new platform. So check that out. Either one that you can subscribe to either of those podcasts right in YouTube. But again, if you're like me, I like to listen to a podcast while I'm walking. And so you can do it either way now. I haven't actually been listening to podcasts in YouTube, but it's a new thing. And so I'm taking advantage of their platform and that component. And so as you watch these videos that are playing while I'm talking, you'll just see that that's, that's all coming from YouTube. So uh, anyway, Jason and Andrew, they share some of their, well, what they do is they talk about marketing campaigns for churches. And I didn't even watch all of this video. I just thought it was interesting when I saw it on a search that um, you know churches are so invested in marketing and that's what they have to do because that's their way of asking for donations they do sometimes very elaborate marketing campaigns and that's kind of my story i wanted to share Um, i don't go to church anymore and that's when i had this conversation with one of my dear friends in the neighborhood who has left her job uh, that paid a salary to become uh, um ministry partner in a role where she is raising funds to support herself in the ministry. We had, a, I think, a, a good conversation. Hopefully she felt the same way. I'm not going to mention her name, but you know who you are. And uh, anyway, we had, a, we had a conversation and I made the comment about, you know, people are always asking, people who they think have money, they're always asking them for money. So I've been in ministry many, many years of my life. I've sat on many boards where I was responsible uh, for raising funds and working with the team to train the team to raise funds. And one of those organizations was Young Life. And I was on the board, the committee, and our role in leadership was always focused on fundraising because we were always trying to raise money. And so I mentioned that to my friend on my walk in the neighborhood, and she told me her story. And so I started asking her questions about her approach to raising money for her ministry. And, and I learned pretty quickly that she was in 
a category that many, many ministers are in, especially, it seems, Christian missionaries and people who work in the evangelical Christian world of, of ministry, their, their ugly job description includes raising funds. It just is. It's a reality. And that's her case. And so I started asking her some basic questions that I, and I use the term kindergarten skills because for one thing, I suggested, you know, you should use your iPhone as a tool. It's a powerful tool, a business tool. If you don't know how to use your iPhone, you need to learn. There's so many things you can do with an iPhone that will make you so much more effective, so much more efficient. Anyway, I wanted to help her and I still want to help her, which is why I'm doing this episode and why I'm going to focus on asking for donations. And it will, it's really asking for money and the context of a lot of different things. If you're a financial advisor like I am, you know, like I know, you have to be really good at asking a prospective client to hire you, which is asking for money. It's like asking for a donation, except You're not just making a donation, you're getting something in return. And that's what I do professionally as a professional financial planner. And I'm pretty good at that, not because I'm good at anything, but because I understand what uh, my prospective clients are looking for. And I know that I can deliver a much better value than they can receive if they hired. I used to work on Wall Street at Morgan Stanley in the Wealth Management Division And I started my business as an independent fiduciary advisor because I wanted to be able to offer my services at a lower price and be able to deliver a much, much better value to the people who trusted me. And I like being independent. And so that's a whole nother story. If you're a financial advisor, you probably know what I'm talking about. Selling and being in a position where you're constantly under pressure to sell, sell, sell. It's not fun. It's, it's a, in fact, for me, it's a disease. I say in each of my books, I'm a recovering sales addict. And there's so much truth to that. So again, back to asking for donations. If you are unfortunate enough to have a job where your whole job description is about you raising money to support yourself in addition to supporting the ministry, the ministry can't afford to pay you, so you have to raise money to support the ministry. It's such such a hard thing. It reminded me of a story, a local church here in Friendswood, Texas. In fact, when I had this conversation with my sister in the neighborhood as I went on my walk, she informed me that the pastor that used to be at Friendswood Community Church, which changed to Harbor, he retired, Rick Baldwin. Rick was kind enough to endorse my book, Make Your Money Count. I worked, not worked, I was a volunteer, very involved in leadership at Friendswood Community Church before they changed their name. And uh, I quit going to church. I left the church. In fact, Rick Baldwin, who was the pastor at the time, suggested maybe I should find another church, which I never, I tried to do that, but I I left. And here's what happened. Here's the way that whole situation evolved. And the reason I'm telling this story is because I thought about it this week as I had this conversation with this sister in the neighborhood who's left her job to become, to be part of a ministry where her job description is to raise money for her ministry. Uh, 
I told her, I just said, you know, that that's hard. It's, it's a hard thing. I told her I'm in the financial planning business. I do investment management. I work with wealthy people. You really need to be talking to people who have the money. Instead of giving you a $20 donation, you need to talk to people who have the money to give you a $250,000 donation. And of course, that lit her up and she wanted to know, how do I get in touch with those people? And I just, I just, at that moment, I said, this is what I do sometimes. I just say what I'm thinking without thinking. And that's what I did. I said, you know, people with money are... People with money often feel like they're a target because in the community, especially Christians and people of faith, you know, we want to be in community, but we're always being asked for money. And I told her that. I said, you know, people don't, if you want me to connect you with all my clients who have a lot of money, and I'm telling you, it doesn't really work that way. You need, I told her, you need to be able to tell me what is it your ministry is about? What is it you do? What is it you, what change do you make in the world? And why would I want to take my money and give it to you and your ministry to do something that makes sense to me as something valuable, something life-changing, something that makes a difference? Give me that story and I will give you my money. And that's the way people are. It's not just, uh, I get a hundred calls a week from people, not calls, but, you know, emails, text messages, marketing stuff, people trying to ask for money. And so I told her that it doesn't work that way. And, you know, if you want to develop the skills to be successful where you are, let's talk about those basic skills, like starting with how to use your iPhone to keep track of the people you're talking to and be efficient in the way you manage your contacts and your whole process. So this conversation went on for maybe 10 minutes. And as I walked away, I felt like I was kind of regretting. Maybe I said too much. Maybe I was too brutally honest. But then I thought, you know what? This dear sister doesn't have a coach. She doesn't have a mentor. And maybe she's like a lot of Christian missionaries. She's thrown out there to try to make money, to raise funds to support herself and her ministry. And she will fail. I don't want you to fail. I want you to be successful. I don't know anything about your ministry. But when I ask you, if you're a person asking for a donation, I'm going to ask you to tell me about it. And I'm going to listen and I'm going to pay attention. And if it leaves me touched, moved, and inspired, I'm probably going to pull out my checkbook or send my wife a text message. She's the one that will you know, pay the ministry. But if you can't do that, if you can't share, and so that's what these guys are talking about. But when it comes to leaving someone touched, moved, and inspired, this is my story, and this is why I don't go to church anymore. Because that church that I told you Rick Baldwin was the pastor of, and he told me, you might want to find another church. Here's what happened. I had these beautiful friends who were not clients, but a friend of mine who knew that I had a heart for ministry— he reached out to me, said, Jim, I've got these friends. Uh, they're dear friends. Turns out I knew them. I think he knew that I knew them. And he said, they're having a massive financial heart attack. Basically, they've been married for th- over 30 years. They're about to get divorced. It's all about money. They've mismanaged money. They've done a terrible job. He was $100,000 in debt. She didn't know about it. She found out that they were in debt 
while they were on a vacation to Hawaii with some friends who they were trying to impress, who he was trying to impress. And he didn't, he was too embarrassed to say, we can't afford to go to Hawaii with you. So on that trip, they, she discovers that they're buried in debt and she wanted to retire, change of plans on this beautiful life you know, bucket list kind of trip to Hawaii, she discovers there's a problem. And so these folks were having, you know, uh, a disaster in their life. And my friend who wanted me to help re- reach out to them and just be because he knew I was a financial guy and that I might be able to give them some triage, some help. So I said, sure, I will do that. And I did that with a heart not to try to make a client, but to just help someone. And they're my dear friends to this day and I'm I love them but what happened was I invited them to come to my church and on the day that they came to my church the reason I asked them by the way is you know I know that if you're living in a silo if you're not in a authentic relationship which clearly this man was having trouble being open and transparent with his own wife about their own money And I told him that that's a problem, and that's a problem, a big problem. It's a pattern in your life. It's clear. It's obvious. It's the one thing that you really need to be able to acknowledge for yourself if you want to change it. And so I said, look, you go to church, but you need to be part of a church where you're kind of pushed for authenticity and transparency. So I invited him to my church because I knew at my church we were doing some things that were In my opinion, they were very helpful. I knew the ministries that I was involved in, recovery was one of them. I led, helped to lead a recovery ministry, a 12-step faith-based recovery ministry. It was one of the things I was passionate about. I also worked in the youth, with the youth. We did small groups. We had honest conversations. It was It was a profoundly life-changing experience for me and I think for the young folks who were there, the young guys. But the whole idea was based on my experience in recovery where you have to admit that you are addicted to your own way, to your own stuff. So I invited my friends to come to our church where they might start to learn how to become more open and honest and authentic in their relationships. And then that day that they finally showed up in our church with me as you know, they're my guest. I look around and on every chair, there's this glossy, beautiful presentation folder, what I call financial pornography. And I learned a new word. I've made up a new word, spiritual pornography, because here's what happened. In that church marketing campaign, we were promoting these ministries that we did in our church. It was called the breathe campaign and the whole idea was you can't just breathe in all the beautiful wonderful oxygen you get from our Lord Jesus Christ you can't just breathe in and consume all of the good things that we make available for you here at Friendswood Community Church for your spiritual vitality and your spiritual growth you can't just consume all of that you have to breathe out and, and share and pay it forward. And, and so the whole idea of this campaign was very, very simple. The Breathe campaign was, we need you to help us to fund these ministries. 
Well, I immediately thought of three ministries that I was very familiar with in our church at Friendswood Community Church. Number one was recovery. That ministry required certain resources, and yes, they needed to be funded. A coffee pot and coffee. There was no cost to that ministry. What made that ministry vital and life-changing was the people who were in that ministry. People like Pat Springle and others who who shared their life in the most beautiful, authentic way. It was life-changing for me, and I got to be a part of that ministry, kind of a leader in that ministry, and I loved that. But I knew it didn't cost money, so I was like, what? The next ministry was, uh, you know, the, the youth. And they even asked they even asked me, I did a little video to share my story about the ministry I was involved in, and it became part of the campaign. And that's when I started to really be, I was like, wow, I was just having trouble. Because the next ministry was um, we donated cans of food for people that were hungry. And yeah, that cost, but that didn't cost the church anything. That People brought food and gave it and the church distributed it. But the whole point of this campaign was breathe in, breathe out. We need your help to support the ministries of this church. Well, the bottom line was Friendswood Community Church, you can go check out their building today. It cost, I want to say they had a $3 million building fund. It may have been $6 million, whatever it was. You can go drive by the building on 528. It's still there. It was a great, well-built building. But we went in debt to build it. And I never, I've always thought that was kind of not very smart. And this whole campaign, Breathe, it was about paying that debt. It had nothing to do with those ministries, even though every word of the marketing campaign was to promote all these awesome ministries that were life-changing. And they were. And we went one by one by one. All these ministries, there were like a dozen ministries going on in Friendswood Community Church. And they were cool ministries. The problem was, and it wasn't a problem, it was awesome. They were ministries that involved people with passion and purpose pouring out their lives to help other people. There wasn't any cost to it. The cost was the building. And so I went to Rick. And I said, you know, I'm a certified financial planner. I I really want to ask you from a stewardship perspective, how much money are we spending as a church on this marketing campaign? I knew who we hired to do the marketing campaign. I knew they were expensive. John Maxwell, he's an expensive dude. If you want to raise money for your church, you back in the day, I don't know if he's still doing it, but they did a great job you know, for marketing, for churches. And so I wanted to know how much are we spending on the marketing campaign? And I mean, it was almost 200 grand. So I said to Rick, Rick, look, man, I don't know. How how do you do that? Like, how do you sleep at night? You know what these ministries cost. They don't cost anything yet. You are telling us, all of these folks that these ministries need to be funded and you're asking them to give money. But the truth is, you went into debt to build your cathedral here and that's why you have to do this fundraiser. 
And that's when Rick said, well, Jim, maybe you should find another church. And I was sad. And that conversation is what I was thinking about when I left my sister, whose job is now to ask for donations. And I made the comment about why I don't go to church anymore. I didn't tell that whole story, but I wanted to tell that story because, you know, I don't want to judge anybody, but one day we're all going to stand before Christ and give an account for our lives. And I want to hear those two words, well done. I don't do a very good job of following Christ. I'm not here to say I am, but I am saying that if you're going to be in a business where you're asking for donations, you you should at least be able to share uh, what that ministry is about, how it makes a difference. And as a certified financial planner, as a fiduciary, if you're a person with a lot of money, and people are asking you for donations, I would certainly encourage you to know, you know, about the finances of that ministry. Because if you're just basically helping them pay off debt, I would say, honestly, maybe take a pass. See you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll share this. And by the way, in the post, if you go to the post, you'll see that I included like 20 tweets so you can help us share the news on the podcast just share if you're if you know anyone christian missionaries anyone that's in the business of asking for donations i hope this episode helps i didn't share all these tips tools and strategies the people that are that i'm featuring in this episode they've got some really good stuff and i've included some of those resources but here i just kind of highlighted it shared their story and talked about the podcast and hope you'll think about subscribing and I'll see you next time. Don't forget my YouTube channel is where these podcast episodes are going to be posted. So if you're listening in iTunes, great. If you want to go and see the videos, you go to YouTube to do that. And the channel that you're looking for is my channel at Jim Munchback and Munchback does not have a K on the end. It has an H Munchback. Munch back, munch bock with an H on the end. Say munch bock. That's how my daughter pronounces it. I say munch back. We all say munch back in our family because we did not want to have a name that sounded like we were from Germany. So we said munch back. But it is from Germany <laughs> and it is probably pronounced munch bock. It has an H on the end. At Jim Munch Bock. See you next time. <laughs>